Australia's government is slamming Facebook's decision to block users in the country from all news content on its platform. Parliament is expected to pass a new media bill that would require platforms like Google and Facebook to pay news outlets for displaying and linking to their content. Facebook launched a preemptive strike against this proposed bill yesterday, blocking all news content. That included news sites as well as some government accounts, including those that provide updates on the pandemic and, and bushfire threats. Oh, wow. So Australia is going to charge somehow? Well, they're saying social media can't use news sites uh, for free, can't uh, use them as clickbait journalists' work without paying for it. And then so Facebook said, all right, well, we're not going to deal with you at all. We're going to shut down all the news, including, you know, uh, koala attacks, huh? Uh, bushfires, which is no joke, and, and, and COVID news, which is brutal. Well, Facebook's a very small, young startup company with very little cash on hand, so I can understand why they wouldn't want to pay what they, what they were asking for. Well, yeah, p- pennies to the Sydney Herald for, yeah. you know, every click. But uh, I don't know what it is in Australia, but in America, whenever you see the percentages of where people get their news, Facebook is extraordinarily high. A lot of people get their news from through Facebook. A lot right. of people, right? In fact, I yeah. know people. I know I know people in my personal life that, that 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 that's where their news comes from. Period. Pretty much, Facebook. The Prime Minister, one Scott Morrison, said he will not be intimidated by Facebook. He described the move to unfriend Australia as arrogant and disappointing. Facebook responding to a proposed law that would make tech giants pay for news content on their platforms. And he jumped on his kangaroo and rode it home. (laughs) All right. All right. You know, I was through with the Australia cliches. Apparently, you felt like there's a little more more ground to cover there. A little more shrimp on that, Bobby. (laughs) Nice, Sean. Nice. Mm -hmm. Way to kick him while he's down. I love it. That was painful. (laughs) So, uh, we're landing on Mars this afternoon, which is very, very cool. The Perseverance rover, which is the most high-tech piece of equipment we've put on Mars yet, is going to land hopefully successfully this afternoon and immediately start driving around and grabbing samples. It's the first trip to Mars that's specifically and only really to try to figure out whether there has ever been life on the planet. Mm, is it is remote controlled or is it just kind of automated by its own sensors? Bit controlled? of both. Okay. Bit of both. They can make adjustments from here if they have to, but it uh, it can run on its own also. I've done a, it, quite a bit of reading on this, believe it or not. Okay, well then I'll go ahead and ask. I'm always curious about this. I remember a, a probe or two ago, they wrapped it in like a plastic bubble and it bounced. Yeah, that was a cool it one. Bounced and bounced and bounced till finally it rolled to the halt and it deflated the bubble and went about its business. Do you know how this one's landing? Yeah, actually I do because the one of the newspapers had a cool simulation that you could scroll through to see how it is going to work, and um, it's uh, a little more old timey in that it just parachutes slow it way down okay. to one mile an hour. Oh, really? And it's just going to kind of land on its wheels. Are they going to take it off any sweet jumps? And the, par- the, the parachute, when it, I think when it's 60 feet from the ground, the parachute is going to uh, 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 let go of it so it doesn't get tangled up in the darn thing. And oh. then it's got some sort of boosters that slow it down to land. They um, hope. They hope. Uh, I'm sure they've tested it out quite a bit. Yeah. Oh, you didn't test it, Jim? You were supposed oh. to test it. I thought you tested it. Um, oh, <laughs> that's the way it would work if if Jack was running... <laughs> the Mars rover business. If the landing succeeds, it'll be the ninth time NASA has managed to land a craft safely on Mars. 
since it first successfully parked a lander on the planet's surface in 1976. Getting to be like a used car lot out there. More than One of those country properties with, you know, 11 dead vehicles stacked out back. <laughs> like mine, actually. Uh, <laughs> more than half of attempted landings on the red planet have failed. I didn't know that. Half the time I did not know that. Huh? China's Taiwan-1 probe... China, which entered orbit around Mars last week, is expected to make that country's first landing on the planet in May. So they're landing something. Here's what we got to do. Clearly. We, and, may, and hopefully we already have that NASA got a hold of some past champions from BattleBots <laughs> and figured out how to get the saw on the front or the chopper or the poker no, or the but, grinder but... or the drill or any of those things. And you wait till China lands their rover and you go over and you just chop the hell out of that thing like they do in BattleBots. Well, those were all very flashy. The most effective battle bots were always the wedge or the yeah. flipper ones. Yeah, flipper, very tight, Sean. little compact things. And you just get this thing off its tracks. <laughs> you just flip right, it upside exactly. down. It's like a turtle. Yeah, nice saw, idiot. <laughs> <laughs> and or, I was just going to suggest, our probe has maybe even just one rocket-propelled grenade. That Chinese thing lands, just blow it to kingdom come, blow it to bits, send a message to the dirty commies. This is our planet. It may be red, but it ain't red, if you hear me. And if they uh, somehow can figure out that there was ever life on Mars, they consider that would be uh, the greatest accomplishment or or, uh, most stunning development in human history. Changes everything. Yeah, I can see that. I I mean, it's mind-blowing. I don't know if it will change my life tomorrow. Uh, but it, it is mind-blowing to think that, okay, life exists uh, perhaps throughout the entire universe. Specifically trying to figure out if, uh, and, and they can tell this from you know analyzing this sort of stuff, because some people believe life on Earth came from Mars. Mars had life at one point. You know, microbes, whatever, something like that. Could have been tiny little microscopic life. But it was on an asteroid. Asteroid goes, a little chunk of Mars breaks off. Smashes into Earth, leaves a little life behind, and everything goes from there over, uh, you know, billions of years. Mm-hmm. Or if they can figure out that it's completely original and life can develop on its own somewhere, just completely on its own, well, then that would up the likelihood that it's all over the place, all over the universe. Sure, the right couple of chemicals get together, burble around a little bit, there's a little water, you stir, you simmer over medium heat, you you, you get the sauce of life. It's entirely possible. Yeah, you drain off the goo, and there you got life. Um, Then to that, I would say stock up on ammunition, because clearly we are not alone. <laughs> exactly. Now, in moments like these, Jack, I find myself wondering, what would Greta Thunberg say about this? And we'll have that answer for you what? in just a moment. <laughs> Michael, that's a little warning to get your credit clips ready. Uh, after a quick word from our sponsored Car Shield, that'll give you maximum safety on the road for a low month-to-month cost. They also protect you from expensive car repairs. In fact, plans from Car Shield can save you thousands for a covered repair. And they've got protection for everyone, whether your car has 5,000 miles on it or 150,000 miles. Actually, people whose car is just about to run out of warranty or just did, that's the perfect sweet spot. And again, it is America's number one auto protection company because they are so good. You can take your car to your favorite mechanic or dealership to do the work. Even if your car breaks down while you're traveling, the choice of a repair shop is still up to you with CarShield. Plus, you can get 24-7 nationwide roadside assistance. All you have to do is go to carshield.com, use the code Armstrong to save 10%. A deductible may apply. Go to carshield.com, use the code Armstrong, and they have a variety of plans. As Jack mentioned, I believe 
depending on the value of your car, the age of it, what you need, how much coverage do you want? It's up to you. Go to carshield.com and use the code Armstrong. This Perseverance rover that is landing on Mars this afternoon, the one thing I didn't come across anywhere is when we're going to start getting pictures from it. Um, and audio. Uh, as we were discussing briefly yesterday, they outfitted it with a, a, just a standard audio mic to listen to the, the winds of Mars, the threats of the Martians, whatever you know happens to happen, the Anybody? growls. Anybody? Hello? The, Matt Damon Anyone? is up there still hoping to get rescued. Martian's uh, going to start a podcast. The, the growls of the Martian tigers. Yeah, what a Martian podcast. The view from here with your favorite Martian, Jim. Um, exactly. Uh, and the, the rover is about the size of an SUV. It's going to drive around and gather up samples. It's also got a little drone on it, a little helicopter drone, that is going to be the first flight on Mars. It's the Wright Brothers happening on Mars with the first powered flight ever. And it'll take off uh, later today and fly around and take pictures also. So the, the pictures are going to be stunning from Mars that we're going to get back. Yeah, looking forward to that. In anticipation of NASA's, NASA's perseverance uh, landing on Mars, Swedish activist Greta Thunberg is taking an opportunity to slam space agencies and governments for using billions of dollars to visit other planets when our own is suffering. How dare you! She's a climate change person? I've yeah, she's what 18 her thing is. now, okay. by the way. Okay. So we, we could mock her, although I think she's on the autism spectrum and is being manipulated by adults and the rest of it. So I don't, I, you know... I don't like to punch down. She's an 18-year-old girl who's worried about climate change. I'm fine right. with that. Right. It doesn't mean I need to listen to her and change my life, though. That's the difference. Nor do I have to put up with her grinding self-righteousness. But she released a uh, satirical tourism ad for the Red Planet that's aimed at the 1%, suggesting that the 1% should escape from Earth and leave the 99% to stay and fix climate change. Very nice. Uh, there's probably some good audio for that. Maybe we'll get that. But All right, Greta, thank you for your opinion. You have stolen my dreams. Oh, I hate to steal your dreams. That's not. Was cool. listening to uh, Elon Musk talk about space travel, and uh, the, the the biggest mind blow that he gave me when I was uh, during that conversation was he's talking about as we uh, advance our our uh, adventuring into space. What if we just find all these other remnants of one planet civilizations? That would be civilizations something. that couldn't uh, get figure out their way to what we're trying to do with Mars or whatever. Sure. Yeah. Conceivable. And it is my opinion. And, and the, the argument that Greta is engaging in, why are we spending all this money shooting rockets into space and looking around on Mars? We have needs here on Earth. That's as old as time. The Apollo program was extremely controversial at the time. Not many people know that or remember that. Uh, a lot of uh, folks were saying, no, we ought to be putting the money into the inner cities to help uh, people out. Instead, uh, I would suggest that the moment we as a species, or, or more importantly as a country, as the United States, the moment that we stop exploring and learning and reaching out and, and, and advancing scientifically and the rest of it, the moment we do that, we die. We begin to die. Humans need to learn. Plus, there might be oil on Mars. <laughs> Greta would not be pleased with that. Not even a little bit. This is all wrong. Drop right. the price gas down to about a quarter a gallon. Oh, yeah. Just keep burning it. Tear down those windmills. All right. Smash the solar panels. We found Martian dinosaur gas. <laughs> yes. You had a business thing for us you were going to tell us about. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's really good insight and a reminder of why the $15 minimum wage, why any 
Mandatory federal minimum wage is a terrible idea. And how businesses really work, even if you are a business person, and a little, I think you'll enjoy it. And a little more on remembering Rush Limbaugh and other news of the day. Jobless claims are up to almost 900,000. That ain't good. Yikes. All on the way. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. In Houston, for families with no place to go, local celebrity and furniture store owner Jim Mattress McMackinvale has opened his showrooms to provide food and shelter. We open 24 hours, so if you need to get out of the cold, if your house has no power, we have power out here. That's awesome. A place in America that still has that sort of thing, and I know small towns do, but big cities usually don't. Mattress Mac there in Houston open up all the uh, the mattress locations for people to get out of the cold. And by yeah. all accounts, this is just his default mode of he's a very charitable, giving person, philanthropist right. in the community. And yeah, if a little league needs uniforms, yeah. guess who's probably behind? I, I remember his name from past crises they've various had in. hurricanes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hey, as long as we're doing it, as long as we're talking about it, Sean, just give me uh, 13 and, and 14 back to back. This morning, temperatures plummeted below freezing in parts of every single state. And the extreme cold shows no signs of letting up. Until it warms up, millions of Texas families continue to deal with power outages. What was supposed to be rolling blackouts to protect electrical grids has turned for some into days without heat. It got down to about 51 degrees in our house by 6 o'clock, and we have a two-month-old baby. We were snuggled up, but it was just a little bit too much. Yeah, man, that's rough. So, that's rough. Yeah, it is. It is very rough. Um, no place to go because nothing is open with uh, with heat for, for like 100 miles, depending on where you are. Ted Cruz is getting beat up a little bit. The senator from Texas flew to Cancun with his family this week. As Texas is dealing with the, uh, the, the Ooh, power outage. That's not a good look. So rather than being the politician in the barn coat in a helicopter looking concerned as you fly over it, he's, uh, he's in Cancun with his family. That's, that could be a Gavin Newsom at the French laundry moment for Ted. Could be. And I like Ted mostly. I would assume he had that scheduled ahead of time, but, um, you gotta sure. cancel it. Yeah. 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 Unfortunately, I mean, uh, send the wife and kids, maybe. You you go to Austin in your mucklucks and you act concerned and maybe actually be concerned. Yeah, but it's part of the business you're in. Uh, speaking of business, got this note from Joe in San Francisco. I think it's absolutely terrific. I'm going to go through uh, most of it for you. Uh, he says, "I think the discussion of how the minimum wage affects jobs is lost on a huge number of people because they never learned basic economics, especially business economics. The first thing they have to understand is the cost of doing business, how rent." The cost of the product, insurance premiums, heat, electricity, and labor affect the viability of a business. If all such things are added up, you can get the concept that a business must earn a certain number of dollars each day to break even. Let's say a hamburger restaurant has to sell $2,000 worth of hamburgers each day just to pay the rent and their other costs. The next factor that too many people ignore is how price affects sales. If that hamburger restaurant sells 500 burgers per day at $5, Uh, That means the restaurant owner is receiving $2,500 per day and is making a nice profit, assuming he's still not paying a mortgage or loan taken out to build a place. So, great. He's making $3,500 in profits for the week. Nice for him. 
Now, let's say the government passes a law that requires him to double the wages of his employees from $8 per hour to $15 per hour. Well, it's almost double. His increased cost of labor from 1200 per day to 2400 per day pushes his overall daily expenses to 3400 If he sells the same number of burgers at $5 per and makes 2500 he's losing $900 per day. Now, here's the part where so many people get lost. They ask why he doesn't simply raise the price of his burger meals by a couple of dollars. That would give him, the reason, an extra $1,000 a day to cover the higher labor costs that are, are so well-meaning, I will throw in. Uh, what they don't understand is the effect price has on sales. What happens, that is, if that $5 burger meal went up to $7? It's a concept they call price elasticity in, in the, the econ world. It's likely that his customers would go to the hot dog stand next door where the guy who owns it has a cost of doing business that allows him to sell a hot dog meal for $6. So instead of selling 500 burger meals at $500, the burger restaurant guy can sell only 400 at 7 That's an income of $2,800 per, do- per day or a $600 per day loss. Economics is... Uh, is a big like the infield, a bit like the infield fly rule. Most twelve-year-old kids get it, but there are eight, nine, ten, and eleven-year-old kids who've never heard of it. Unless somebody explains it somewhere along the line, they're going to be ignorant of how it works. And I think that's true. Basic business economics ought to be required learning in every high school in America. Uh, I'm going to be hearing a lot more about that in the coming weeks as the whole minimum wage package continues to work its way through. There's some great coronavirus news great news but nobody knows why it's happening it can't be explained by the vaccine stay tuned for that armstrong and getty the armstrong and getty show speaking of conservative icons uh, Rush Limbaugh died. It was uh, just announced that Bob Dole, former majority leader and senator from Kansas and presidential candidate back in 96. Um, and he was a towering figure. Anyway, he's still alive, but he did announced he's got lung cancer. And he's 97 years old. Wow. Yeah. No, uh, no disrespect intended when I say I, I, if I'd have failed that question, I'd have said he'd passed already. But I knew he was still alive, but I'm from Kansas, so he's a big deal in Kansas. Sure. Um, Bob Dole listens to Armstrong and Getty. Says who? Bob Dole says who? Um. Oh, and on on Rush, just I, I get that you know if you're a, a political figure, and especially if you're an outspoken political figure, half the country hates you and half the country loves you, and and that's fine. There's people that that I don't like much either, but I don't understand the the way some people approach it. So if I'm trying to think of somebody on the left that I really, really don't like. Take one of these teachers' unions people that I actually think are bad human beings. Yes. Or keeping kids out of school. One of them drops dead today. I wouldn't tweet, rest in piss, or I hope you enjoy hell, or something like that. I'm glad you're dead. Just, that sort of thing. It just seems like a weird personality trait that makes you do that about anyone. Yeah, it used to be angry little people mostly uh, kept to their angry little lives and, and couldn't inflect their venom on the rest of us. Now they have a forum. I want to do this real fast before I get to the stunning COVID news and the mystery as to why it is happening. If you heard this already, um, oh, I think you'll enjoy hearing it again. It's a series of headlines from major news organizations about defunding the police. Love this. And it's pretty cool if you've seen it the way the arrows, you just follow the pattern. But I'll read them. It makes perfectly good sense. Starting with a headline on NPR. 
Minneapolis Council moves to defund police, establish holistic public safety force. Next headline. Minneapolis violence surges as police officers leave department in droves. Next headline. Minneapolis City Council alarmed by surge in crime months after voting to defund the police. (laughs) Followed by, with violent crime on the rise in Minneapolis, City Council asks, where are the police? (laughs) Followed by, some Minneapolis City Council members would like a redo on defunding the police report. And then finally, Minneapolis to spend $6.4 million to recruit more police officers, which was a headline this week. You have to laugh. Well, if only somebody had told them that it would unfold precisely this way. It's horrible if you live there, but if you don't live there, you get to look at it and say, okay, there's an experiment that somebody tried, so any of you defund the police crowd? They, they tried it there in Minneapolis. Why don't you do a little research, see how that turned out before you go that direction? Do unicorns put out fumes like markers and bottles of glue or something? And <laughs> when people mount up and ride a unicorn, uh, they just they lose their ability to see what is clearly true. It's as if, I mean, the defund the police thing, well, obviously issues of police, uh, you know, uh, excessive force are a serious thing for any free people, uh, and yet policing is incredibly challenging. These are These are important issues. It's like adopting the kids' cookies for dinner uh, policy. Anybody who's a grown-up knows precisely how that's going to end and why you can't do it. <laughs> no kidding. But the, where where are all the adults in these cities? It's amazing. It's like the, we the can't Seattle have pancakes. or Portland. Or, you can't eat pancakes and cupcakes for dinner. That's just that's way too much cake. Right, right. Sure we can, Dad. No, you're going to be sick and throw up. Um. Oh, Oh, that reminds me. Speaking of idiotic city councils and that sort of thing, uh, the San Francisco School Board, which is working just working like John Henry of old to make themselves look like jackasses, they have done their best work, and we'll tell you oh, about that in a few minutes. Oh, that's great. So uh, this headline got my attention: COVID nineteen cases are plunging, but you can't credit the vaccine rollout for any of it yet. So what's going on here? COVID-19 cases and hospitalizations have dropped dramatically, but epidemiologists, and they quote a whole bunch of them, say it's too early for the coronavirus vaccines to be making the difference. Listen to these numbers. First week of January, so about six weeks ago, daily cases reached an all-time high of almost 300,000 cases in a day. The seven-day average at that point was a quarter million a day. That was your seven-day rolling average. Okay, on, still an imperfect measure because so many are asymptomatic, but it's an indication. Well, okay. I got I got more on that. That'll explain okay. it. But so the Great. seven day average beginning of January was a quarter million cases a day. This week, the seven day average fell to eighty seven thousand. Wow, that is a major drop. Down two thirds. The number of patients hospitalized with the disease peaked uh, first week of January. Also, along with uh, those in intensive care units. Since then, hospitalizations have dropped 51%. ICU hospitalizations have fallen 42%. But, again, the epidemiologists say it can't be the vaccine yet. It's just not. The math doesn't work on that. Hmm. Plus, they've got stats to back that up. All of the age groups are going down at the same rate. Uh, if you were a vaccine, if it were a vaccine-related drop, you'd expect older age groups that have been targeted for vaccination in so many different states to be dropping more rapidly. But they're all dropping at exactly the same rate wow. across the board. Um, for instance, while the federal government doesn't track cases by age in California, they do. And since January six, daily cases among those sixty-five and up have declined eighty-four percent. 
But that's the same rate as for other age groups in California. In California, it's dropped 84% since uh, the beginning of January. Well, and, and correct me if I'm and wrong. in California, my... there ain't nobody younger that's getting vaccinated. Yeah. Well, Jack's uh, part of Cal Unicornia is, is quite liberal, um, whereas mine is quite conservative. But I think we both agree that we've seen so much more activity. People are just oh, living yeah. their lives. Yeah, no doubt. So it ain't like uh, old Uncle Gavin's beautiful plan to, to hunker us all down in our homes is finally having an effect. People are just out and doing stuff. So it's not that. Herd immunity is playing a part, they think. That's their best guess. As people have been infected or thought to gain protection, making it harder for the virus to circulate, there have been 28 million confirmed cases. But remember, early on, they believed that for every confirmed case, you had 15 unconfirmed. I don't know what they think the number is now. That'd be more people than we've got in the country. Right. But say, if it were 10, if there are 10 confirmed cases, for uh, 10 non-confirmed for every confirmed, that'd be 280 million people. Right. That'd be, you know, two-thirds of the, 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 the country. Well, that'd be damn close to the job is done. I mean, even if it's three unconfirmed cases. We may be there. That's the whole point. Yeah. Well, and we that there's still so much to be learned about this thing, and I hope I le- live long enough to, to learn it, but could it be a certain percentage of the population is just not as susceptible to the bug Boy, as that, others? I don't they, know. They don't know that, yeah. Uh, maybe it's maybe it's 10% of us. Maybe it's 20% of us. We don't know. What a mysterious bastard. Engineered in the Chinese Wuhan lab. I, I could live to be 175. I don't think I'm going to be contradicted on that, and I don't care who says I'm wrong. Well, if you had five cases for every confirmed case, you'd be at 150 million. That's almost half the population. So you add that in with the vaccine, you're awful yeah. close to herd immunity. We might already be at herd immunity. Yeah, which means that the vaccine wasn't really going to play much of a role. <laughs> obviously, we all must be humble about our predictions and assertions. Oh yeah, because if these if these new strains um, uh, can be picked up, even if you've already had the previous strain, well, then no, that please. doesn't make any difference. I don't and, even want to contemplate. No, we're it. starting over from scratch. If that's the case, yeah, that's one of those. If you worry, you suffer twice. Things. You know, I just, I don't even want to contemplate. But if this thing turns out, you you combine that with the whole Florida-California comparison that's getting so much attention, mm-hmm. we'll look back on this and think, so this thing was going to come in, be bad, no doubt about it, lots of people dying, almost half a million, but it was going to come in, devastate us, whether we shut down or not, and then leave. That's what was going to happen. Wow. Wow. How many trillions be. of dollars did we spend, and that was going to happen anyway? Yeah, to quote one of the great old guys, I think it was uh, it was one of was it Louis Mayer, one of your old timey movie guys of the golden age of Hollywood. Somebody asked him, uh, "What what makes a hit movie? How do you how do you craft a hit movie?" And he said, "Look, nobody knows nothing." And I feel that way about the vid at this point. And sure. I think the scientists do too. As we mentioned uh, earlier, life expectancy in the U.S. fell by a full year during the first half of last year. That's the, the biggest drop since WW2 when people were dying on battlefields by the hundreds of thousands. Uh, well, Americans, granted, uh, we lost, what, half a million yeah. uh, service people during the entirety of the, uh, the, the war, but, you know, averaged out, that's a hell of a lot of people passing away. Um, so, anyway, um, of course, uh, the WAPO has to make it about race and ethnicity for some reason um, when it's more about uh, economics and, and jobs and that sort of thing. Uh, but it's a, it's, a, it's a hell of a deal. Let's hope we're moving past it. So Antifa stopped, actively stopped, Seattle police from responding to a call. 
as Seattle continues to cover itself with humiliation because of its policies. And the San Francisco School Board, which are, I mean, they're the Babe Ruth of stupid uh, in our in our current scene. Uh, whacked, Babe Ruth of stupid. <laughs> whacked Whoa. another one deep into the seats in left field. I can't wait to tell you about that. Oh, that's funny. Oh, it's good stuff. You're going to love it. Hope you can hang around. Don't go away. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I've started sort of collecting my favorite clickbait headlines as I'm going through news. Here's a good one. Bus driver 24 says she's constantly told by passengers she's too pretty for her job. (laughs) And then it's got kind of a hot picture of her, but you'd have to click on it to see more, I'm sure. Yeah, not going to do that. She's too hot to be a bus driver. Ooh, click on that. So I'm I'm taking a look at this. Okay, so we're ready to go on that. We have a, a back-to-back crazy Cal Unicornia schools feature for you. Okay? First of all, I tease this specifically. And this is some great reporting by the, by the good folks at uh, KGO-TV. The San Francisco School Board has been criticized for trying to rename 44 schools. It's been controversial because apparently... In some cases, the committee that advised the school board got their facts completely wrong and demanded that the schools be renamed because of the sins of somebody with a similar name, but that that the school wasn't named after. Yeah, it sounds like it was pretty slipshod. Yeah, yeah. Not only was it ideologically just idiotic and bizarre, but it was also sloppy. In late January, school board president Gabriela Lopez explained why they supported changing the, the names. We're committed to undoing symbols of racism and white supremacy culture, she said. For example, Alvarado Elementary made the list. Alvarado asked one committee member. Another responded, Spanish colonizer who stole land and resources from native people. But no historians or professors that we know of were consulted. In fact, one committee member even admitted uh, that she just bopped around the Internet briefly to do the research. I found it on history.com, which is pretty credible, she explained. It appears that the research they did was not always accurate. Take Sanchez Elementary, named after the street. The committee thought Sanchez Street is named after Jose Bernardo Sanchez, born in Spain, 1800s, military guy. Uh, Sanchez, here's another colonizer. If you said colonizer, it meets our criteria. Colonizer, California missions, yes, it's in the notes, yes. And so they added Sanchez Elementary to the list of schools to be renamed. But according to records from the city and county of San Francisco, it appears Sanchez Street is named after Francisco Sanchez, born in San Jose, California. He was the eighth mayor of uh, the area when California was still part of Mexico. We reached out to the president and VP of the school board, but they did not respond. Hmm. So, the wrong Sanchez. Jack, like to make any fortunate jokes? No, at this I was... Point? No. Good man. Tournament over in my head, but I left it up. Good morning. And and this one, uh, let's see. Oakley, California mother writes heartfelt letter to the school board explaining the fear, frustration, and concerns parents have with schools not being open and how it's damaging the children. Well, that same afternoon, the Oakley school board had their online Zoom meeting planned Prior to the start of the meeting, they sat down and were chatting with each other, not aware that, in the words of our business, they were live. They were miked. Let's begin with clip number 20. 
Kim, I, I was just thinking right now, just to encourage you. Yeah. People, it's easy to hide behind a screen and put in oh, comments yeah. now. But when you're face to face with people, it's a whole different. It's a whole different ball game. You know. Well, what's funny is that uh, she's friends with who I went to Idol Tower, and the, it was posted on my social media. Someone else posted it. It's like whatever. I wasn't doing anything bad. I could. I really. I honestly don't care about that part. But you know what? Are we alone? Yeah. <laughs> hey, bitch, if you're gonna call me out, I'm gonna fuck you up. <laughs> Sorry, that's just me. <laughs> so this parent writes a signed letter to the school board. Here are my concerns, and they're like, "Yeah, it's easy to hide behind a screen." That's not an internet troll. It's somebody writing to the school board. And then hit 21, Sean. No, they forget that there's real people on the other side of those those letters that they're writing. Yes. We're real community members. We have kids or have known kids that have gone to these schools. Right. We have a vested interest in this process, and they don't know what we right. do behind the scenes. And it's really unfortunate exactly. that they want to pick on us because right. they want their babysitters back. Right. Right. Oh, jeez. Nice, condescending little shot there at the end. Yeah. They want their babysitters back. That's what it is for school. It's got nothing to do with the only way you're going to make it in the world. Tell and the me. kid's desperate need for contact and the rest of it. T- tell us more about how you're the victim in this scenario. That's great. T- yeah, yeah. Keep, keep going on in that. Wow. Uh, that's fantastic. Oh, they want their babysitters back. Oh, sure, Surely, Sean, that's the depths of their contempt. It can't get any worse. I totally hear that because my brother had a, a delivery. Yeah, my brother had a delivery service for medical marijuana. The clientele were parents with their kids in school. <laughs> That's awesome. So when you got when you got your kids at home, no more Friday, no more yes, smoke dog. exactly that's why the the parents want their kids in school so they can smoke pot all day nice nice that is pretty amazing let me read you a little bit of the uh the letter that gained that uh, that earned that much contempt good morning i hope you're all enjoying restful and deserved long weekend break my thoughts here are probably too long to submit as a public comment. Mostly, I just wanted to have them to you for your consideration. Thanks this in advance already, for reading this. already sounds like your typical sends their kid off to school to smoke pot all day long sort of person. Right, right. just wants their babysitter back. Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah, the person who deserves contempt. Thanks in advance for reading this and hearing me out. First of all, please let me express my sincere appreciation for the very hard work being done by all involved on behalf of the students in our community. This is the person they branded as an internet troll. It's easy to hide behind a screen. B, you call me out, I'm going to F you up. Right, right. And she goes on, uh, respectfully, I have two, two former students who are now teens at the, the district. My youngest is a sixth grader. He left his classroom in March, months before he was developmentally or academically ready to transition to middle school. And now he will soon be soon heading into the seventh grade, all from his bedroom. He's still never actually met his teachers. Think for a moment how crazy that sounds. Um, I've spent the, the last 11 years with this district as an active parent, participant, volunteer. Many of your teachers and staff are now part of our extended family. She just wants her, her days back so she can smoke pot and have a babysitter. Right. Yeah, wow, exactly. that is so damned maddening. Those people should all be fired today. 
I know they won't be. You couldn't fire them under. You couldn't fire them if they did crimes. But they should be fired today if that's their attitude. Oh right. my God, that's awful. And then she dares to single out a board member or two who's in favor of keeping the schools closed. Perhaps I don't know, but perhaps kowtowing to the teachers' unions. And she gets B. You come in my face, I'm going to f you up. Wow, that nice. is amazing. That's your Oakley, California school board. They uh, offered a half-hearted, phony-ass uh, apology. But uh, there you go. I'm so glad that got out. So glad. Moms and dads, is that what your school board thinks of you? And you're whining about your kids needing to be in school. Why? So you can smoke pot and have the school babysit for them? Can you believe that? They don't know what it's like to be us here on the school board. It's not easy. Yeah. Yes, it is. <laughs> I'm going to f*** you up. <laughs> Yeah, Man. well, you you effed somebody up, all right, and it's you. Wow. Well, she should have to resign. There uh, really uh, ought to be enough pressure. She's got to resign. You would think so. Another yeah, a gaffe is a, when a politician actually uh, says out loud what they think. And the other dude about, hey, the parents they just want to, you know, smoke pot all day long. That's what they want to do. Yeah, yeah. Wow, That's and especially nice. off of that letter. Oh, my God, the the letter is painstakingly polite, respectful, and indeed complimentary. But you dare not question the rulers, Jack. And obviously just a parent's concerned about their kid getting educated, which is, is supposed to be guaranteed to us, and we're paying for it with our own money. Armstrong and Getty.